you know, sometimes the best words you can hear are you got this, like, honestly. And that's just the truth. Uh, whenever things are happening with COVID, like we made some cheesy posts, <laughs> like, you know, like stuff that you probably already know, but man, you needed that reminder today. You needed somebody saying it outside of, you know, you telling yourself, I got this. You need other people to tell you that you have this. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Do Marketing Differently podcast presented by Go Rogue X. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you, if you're a marketer or a small business owner, just to help you do marketing differently because... Well, we want to serve first and give value and help you guys stand out from the crowd. So we always bring on awesome guests. We try to provide tips and tricks every single week that will help you do that and stand out from the crowd. Uh, I have my awesome co-host, Miss Lauren Lewis, with me today. Hey. Hey. How's it going? It's going good. 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 And we have an amazing guest as well, Mr. Nick Goodner. How's it going, Nick? I don't want everyone to get their hopes up just yet, but I, I, I am a guest. Uh, amazing is to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we're already starting off with a bang. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm excited to get into this. If you guys don't know Nick, Nick is uh, the founder of Creative Church, CRTV Church. If you're looking out there, we had a fun discussion before we started recording on this. Uh, Creative Church, it's, it's an awesome. I've always appreciated everything that Nick's been doing. He has an amazing Facebook group. Um, I can say that it is one of my favorite Facebook groups mm-hmm. uh, because he has just done an amazing job with the community there, uh, but really serving church leaders, connecting people, um, and making sure that that he helps get them and their passion out there. And he's done a great job of that. And so we're very, very excited uh, to have him on. We're going to talk about Facebook groups, but before we get into that, yep. before we get into that, we like to have some fun. What is that, Lauren? Each week, we like to start our podcast out with, what are you obsessed with this week? So starting with our amazing guest, Nick, <laughs> what are you obsessed with this week? That's a good question. Um, and, I, you know, I keep going back to this well, um, and I don't know why, but uh, have you guys seen the Christopher Nolan Batman movies? Oh, yes. yeah. By far. Oh, favorite. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. All right. We're, we're already all best on the friends. same page. <laughs> well, yes, Absolutely. I, I don't know what I'm what kicked this off, but I just I started watching the first one, then I watched the second one, then I watched the third one, I rewatched the second one, and uh, I'm just I'm really obsessed with the fact that those exist. First off, and second, that they just had never made any more of those, and now I'm just really bummed because uh, those are great movies. Oh. DC actually, DC actually had something there with that, mm-hmm. and. They really let it go. They really let it go. Yeah. That could have been a, a big contender for the Marvel Universe, the cinematic universe. Uh, I, I agree with you, Nick. Number two is my favorite. Uh, by far, I mean, Heath Ledger's performance as a Joker was just yes. insane. And honestly, um, Tom Hardy as the uh, as Bane. Mm-hmm. That was, a, I mean, just... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So good. So funny story. It, those <sighs> movies are well-crafted. They oh, are. so yeah. well-crafted. I actually saw The Dark Knight in an IMAX theater for the first time right after I got my wisdom teeth out, so I was still on pain meds. Oh, That movie so. was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like the scarecrow actually Oh, my goodness. It was you. so scary just because it was like already in the IMAX theater. So, I mean, it was like so big, and I was like, and it was the first time I had seen it, and I was just like, I think I was just 
raw yeah. from the payments. Yeah, it was quite the experience. That's amazing. You're like asking your friend, did we go see Paranormal Activity? What was that? That's, <laughs> that was horrifying. Like, no, it's Batman, Lauren. It's just Batman. Just calm down. It's just Batman. <laughs> just calm well, down. So, I mean, this is, we, we, can't, we can't get down too far into this path, but uh, what did you think of the Joker or Joker, uh, Walking Phoenix's performance on that? Because it had that same kind of feel a little bit. I liked the movie. Um, it was good. Uh, it, you know, it's not one I'd revisit. Let me just put it that way. Okay. I like the movie. I just wouldn't revisit it that often. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It does. Like I'm uh, to Lauren, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me because I, <laughs> I love. I went back. I think I saw it three oh times in theaters, and I just watched it recently. Yeah. I think I put it on HBO Max, and I just watched. It. I love that movie so much. But I'm the same way with the so Dark Knight. You're the series. only one who has a. You're the only one who has an HBO Max subscription. That's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> you're, you're keeping that alive. It's true. It's a lot for the uh, Sesame Street. Uh, I mean, yeah. well, well, yeah. they'd stop changing the app. You might actually be able to keep up. Oh, good grief! Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> and a whole nother topic. <laughs> anyway hey what's your obsession lauren what do you have obsessed so with this week? we like to talk a lot about tv shows and i started a new one what why does the it? face for oh i'm, I'm excited I'm like, oh, oh okay uh picard i don't know what that is oh you're going to love it did oh you there like we go Star Trek? <laughs> did you like uh next generation so i started i'm not a huge fan of the main character and then she kind of annoyed me and so i stopped but i realized that was a mistake i need to keep going um and so, but starting Picard, like it was such a pleasant surprise and it just, it's so well done. It's really beautiful and I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And I love sci-fi, so I don't know why I'm just now hopping on this train, but. Did you watch Voyager any? I'm, I'm sorry, I just keep it. No, no, now. yeah, no. No, uh, no, I haven't actually watched Voyager. You never watched Voyager, so you might not get some of the tie-ins. Yeah. But it's a very good, well done Star Trek show. Yeah, there's apparent, like, I watched like old Star Trek with like my mom. So like I have like this appreciation for like Star Trek where it is. My husband is watching it with me and he's like watched no Star Trek. So he was like, what? Mm. And um, yeah, it, it was pretty funny. Some of the questions he was asking, I was like, this is kind of embarrassing for you. So <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you in this <laughs> so. moment. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, so my obsession this week is the, um, uh, ATM Mini. We joked oh about gosh. it literally uh, in the in the church production world, which we're not using it for church production. But uh, Nick can relate with this. But all of the posts inside of this Facebook group in the creative mm -hmm. church Facebook group, it is literally it is like oh, I'm waiting for my ATM Mini to come. It's, I'm so excited. So Black Magic has released this phenomenal piece of hardware uh, that helps with I mean any type of video switching and scaling and keying and all the things that I enjoy nerding out over that Lauren does not. No. and that's okay. You know. <laughs> Because I have people like Nick on our show that I can be like, I literally got the email right before we started recording that it shipped finally. They've been on back order forever. So B&H came through. Oh, so excited. What's, what's funny is I, I'm probably following with Lauren on this one. Um, <laughs> I'm not a hardware guy, uh, I, but I'm really happy for you. I really am. I mean, I'm excited for what's going on. I don't know what the ATM mini does. Uh, oh, so. man. <laughs> I, I'm telling you something, this man. Is, if any of the if any of the people from the group hear you say this, you may. I mean, oh, it's gonna be. It's, I'll, I'll fight for you. Though, I know I'm a fraud. I I, <laughs> I I know I'm a fraud when it comes to that. That's why I have great friends who really love mm. that stuff. Who tell me they try to keep me informed. Yeah, like you yeah. know, like you know how the president is informed by people who you know because he doesn't know anything about certain <laughs> topics. That's me. They're informing me 
about certain things. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds very exciting for them. That's, <laughs> that's, so what does that do again? Oh, okay. uh, yeah, that sounds good. Hey, you know what? You owned it, Nick, and I appreciate you for that, man. Yeah. Thank you. So I won't be tagging you though when I'm like, hey, Nick, look at that. That's so awesome. And you'll be like, look, look yeah, what man. I got. Look what I got. So exciting. I will, I will send you back, you know, congratulations. <laughs> I'm really excited for you. I was going to say, like anything within like graphic designs aspects and all that kind of stuff, I like making things look pretty, but mm -hmm. I just don't yeah. care do how job. they work like yeah. the wires <laughs> behind it well we were talking before so if you guys are watching on video because we record this as well at for video podcasting yep. purposes uh and so if you guys see in nick's background he has um his uh hex codes for black and white which is super yes. creative or witty i love, I love that I love it's it. Pretty cool. And so, uh, yes, he's, the brand. there you go. Oh, see, and so it's so funny because when we started talking about kind of brand and brand colors for us, I mean, I'm a big black and white guy. If I could just wear black all day, that I, it just makes things so much simpler. I don't have to think about what I'm yeah. wearing. And so I we started following more and more of what you were doing, Nick, and I was like, he's got the black and white brand, and I love it. I love everything about it. So anyway, I'm very excited to kind of get into this and uh, and talk through because, again, we've talked about the Facebook group, and if you're if you're out there and you're a marketer who is really passionate about something and, and especially changing the world, empowering people, uh, this episode is going to be for you because uh, Nick has a wealth of information and wisdom to, uh, to share. And uh, we're going to make sure by the end of this, he is, he believes in himself that he was an amazing guest. So make sure you guys send that feedback uh, because we've been wanting to talk with Nick for a long time. And so, uh, but Nick, I have completely butchered your bio. So please tell us what it is exactly that you do. And uh, so You've just for people, job. thank you. <laughs> You've done a great job. You really have. Um, yeah. So for people who don't know me, don't know who I am, um, Creative Church or CRTV Church, uh, it's like my passion, my number one daily grind. Uh, it's what I do full time. Um, people are always surprised by that, but I do do it full time. Um, and uh, Creative Church is this platform that's designed to bring creatives together and uh, empower them to be who they're meant to be. So we do practical skill development things and as well as spiritual things because we're a church and we have a spiritual side as well as a practical side. So we kind of interlace both of those and we create content, podcasts, events, and opportunities for creatives to connect and um develop that side of them so that, you know, they, they can be more secure in who they are and who God's called them to be and who he's meant, who's, who, who they're meant to be. Um, just before I started creative church though, uh, I went through a hard breakup with a church. Um, I was working for, uh, I was, I was on staff for a little under eight months and, um, the leadership decided we were going to close up shop. Um, I won't, talk about the events that transpired to make that happen. Uh, so a little bitter, but um, growing up working for churches, you know, my parents being, they were church planters and my father was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. My great grandfather was a pastor. Like I come from a long line of pastors. Um, having a church close that I was on staff, that was very hard. It was a very hard season yeah. for me. And uh, in that moment uh, and helping my, myself realize, realize that, you know, this was the first time in my entire life that I was at a church. I was, I was at a church that closed down. I, I, you know, it's, it's gone and I am out here by myself. Uh, I'm out here kind of alone and I don't have a church to work for. Um, I realized that my community only existed in the context of my church. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was a huge problem. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, a lot of other people are dealing with that where, 
their community is only in the context, if they're working for a church, it's only in the context of their church. So what could we do to solve that problem? Now, I know there's events that were going on at the time. You know, you had Seeds was a big one. Um, uh, the church down at Fellowship Church at C3. Um, mm-hmm. And those conferences, you know, they help bring creatives together, but then they only happen once a year. So my solution became Creative Church, which was a permanent constant community for church creatives that acted a lot, a lot like a church. And uh, that's literally what, you know, we behind the scenes here at Creative Church, we always say we're a church for church creatives. Um, And that's kind of helped give us context as for what we do and what the content that we create or the events that we create. Um, And then we kind of run everything else behind the scenes, like a media company would. And that's how we generate income and, and keep the keep the church going. So yeah. that's kind of my backstory. That's where I'm at. Um, other than that, I, I live in Orlando, and um, I'm, I'm married, and I have a dog. Uh, my dog is a miniature schnauzer, and my wife's name is Lydia. So that's kind of me in a me in a very tight nutshell. Yeah, I love that, and that actually again that brings a lot more clarity too because yeah. we knew somewhat of what you what you did but even with that i mean that it well i'll say this it naturally drew us as church creatives right mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. for those that don't know what lauren and i met at church uh, my wife is best friends with her and so we kind of started this like just basically helping the creative team just develop these processes and stuff and then we found the facebook group and what all of what you guys were doing and so it just naturally pulled into that direction and so you're accomplishing your mission uh with the with creative church i mean it's been phenomenal for us and so um really it's one of those things too i mean how have you from the beginning uh really been able to to build that. So, I mean, you kind of mentioned it about like, hey, this is what I want to do, but what were, what were kind of some of the practical steps that you actually put in place uh, for your organization, but then also just, you know, even around the, uh, the Facebook group itself? Yeah, so um, definitely made a lot of mistakes doing this. You know, I've been at it for five years. Um, I don't know that I had a formula starting out, uh, and I think that showed um, <laughs> uh, for any kind of growth, um, because when we started... I literally just went and followed a whole bunch of church creatives that I knew on Instagram. And then a whole bunch of people caught wind of it. And we just had this like explosive growth, like just boom. Like we had 10,000 people within six months. Wow. And, you know, for a brand new Instagram account, that is huge. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we began to kind of see, you know, my, the business mind of me because before I, ran creative church. I own the business, uh, helping, um, nonprofits and government organizations kind of stabilize themselves financially and help them with that strategy. So the business side of me is going, well, can we capitalize on this at all? Um, and, uh, off this growth. And so we began to create things that, you know, actually meant something to the creatives that we're creating for. And, uh, that's kind of whenever we started implementing things that actually help sustain our growth and continue to grow um, a lot of those things are like creating content being there for them and then starting to operate kind of like that church where we're creating events or creating meetups to connect these creatives um but yeah it, it i i don't yeah so does that does that answer your question oh yeah absolutely okay. yeah i don't i don't think i knew about the kind of that that explosive that, growth of growth up front because yeah. that's pretty cool um and especially with 
I I think naturally, I mean, you're a very talented designer, and I think a lot of that played into it where it's like you can't be uh, <laughs> shaking his head right now. It is true, Nick. So it is one of those things that's like uh, I think on the back end of that of being able to, to see an account that does resonate with, you know, you can't say, hey, we're creative or, hey, we're a video company and then yeah. not be able to shoot video well. Like you have to do what whatever it is, the community you're building, you have to have some type of not authority, but, you know, obviously understand the struggles and what it's like to go through that process. So um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I've absolutely loved um, the group just because I think finding that um, church creatives on a whole um, just – um, tend to be really overwhelmed. They wear a lot of hats and um, they can also be sadly underappreciated for what they do. Um, and so when we were serving on the creative team, um, this was the first Facebook group that I've ever wanted to be a part of that actually was helpful. There's so many of them that are supposed to be, but they're not. And this one was so supportive yeah. and I love all the resources that come through as well as um, I love the people that share their graphics. I think mm -hmm. it just, it sparks ideas for me. And we've talked about this. Did you see that? Like it was so good. And somehow sometimes we wish we could be more edgy like other churches yeah. and have more skulls. <laughs> We're all about yeah. that. <laughs> we do push that envelope a little bit. And for the most part, we have a pretty forgiving uh, congregation, but there are a few things that we pulled out. Yeah. there like, what, what was that again? You have goats and also snakes running around somewhere like, well, Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, through all of that, one of the look on their face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we play that bumper for church, everyone's. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So, how have you stayed true to yourself as an admin running a group, even when that's when that's challenging? Especially if you have a lot of people, you're going to oh, see yeah. a large variety of church creatives that are coming from a lot of different backgrounds. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, do you guys subscribe to the Enneagram at all? Is yes. this going to mean anything to you? Okay, yes. so you, you understand kind of the context of the Enneagram. So I fall on the Enneagram 8 okay. side of the Enneagram. Um, so remaining true to myself is not a very hard thing for me to do. Um, <laughs> this actually it, explains I, a lot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. Now we, well, we understand. Like being, you know, being very honest with like myself, like what I can do, what I can not do, and you know, portraying that to other people um it's not it's not very hard for me um i think the biggest threat to my existence like it would crumble my world if someone meet meets me and they go man you're not how you act on social media mm. like i think that would be like the the thing that goes oh my god what have i done to fail these people yeah. because i i don't ever want to get into that that point so like you know it's, it's kind of hard it, it might be a little difficult for me to under you know answer this uh because i don't know what I would do without being authentic to myself or being true to myself. Um, I don't think I'd have a group if I wasn't that way. Um, I don't think I'd be running it. That's for sure. Uh, if I was that way, if I had to put on a mask, it just wouldn't make me, you know, who I am and the person that I am. Yeah. Well, we, and we talked about that too, when we were, just kind of prepping for your episode and just like, Hey, what, what do we want to talk about? But that was, that was one of those things that really stood out to us with you of, uh, especially during kind of the, the racial divide and the racial tension that oh, that's yeah. been going on the, the social justice, uh, you really took a stand and we appreciated mm -hmm. that. I saw that and I was like, there's not a lot of admins that are doing that. They just want to, you know, not keep the peace. I mean, you did it in a very professional way, but it was just one of those. It's like, Hey, I want to be a part of this even more just because yeah. I know now what you stand for and what you will tolerate, what you won't. And, but it wasn't, 
tolerate. I mean, there was a lot of even yeah. those comments and questions where people were genuinely just don't know. And that I, there's a lot of grace. And that that is something yeah. that you don't see. Um, especially in on the in the social media world but uh you've done a great job of kind of keeping true to yourself and do you have any advice maybe for some admins who are kind of going through maybe they're not one to kind of be a challenger to kind of put things out there and they are a little more you know reserved but what's uh, what advice would you give to other admins of groups like this yeah just you know don't do anything that's outside your comfort zone so far that you know you're ruining your own happiness uh that's a big thing um, I know there's some people who are admins who've come to me and they're, they've told me, you know, we didn't say anything because, you know, it's just not in our nature to say anything. And I have, I have a little grace for it. Um, I can understand. I know that, you know, again, an issue like this with the, with the race thing um, and what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, an issue like this that you're not speaking on raises some other red flags. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to have a, a lot of grace for it, but I can have some and understand, you know, uh, maybe they, they just really would, you know, really destroy them to speak out against this. Um, so I kind of, I can get with that, but at the same time, whenever something like this is important, that's happening not only in your culture, but in your group's culture, because creatives are on the front lines of interpreting this movement, I believe to their pastors and their church congregations. And, um, you know, if I'm not helping them define what kind of stand they need to take or informing them or educating them, um, then I'm not doing my job. Mm -hmm. And that's what the group is, is essentially about. So like, if you, you know, don't do anything that's going to rob you of your happiness, but yet at some point you have to realize that conversations are so big that you either have to weigh in or your silence is going to look like a betrayal. Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of people saw that during this time. A lot of group admins who remained silent. A lot of my friends came to me and they were like, "That looks like that that looks like a betrayal." That's what that looks like. And uh, they didn't say anything. They didn't post anything. They didn't make any messaging towards it. And I'm not tooting my own horn and saying, "Ooh, I did such a great job," but uh, but I just want to warn admins out there that whenever things like that happen and you don't, you, you're reserved and you're like you shut down. And, you know, you don't even say, you know, I stand with, with my, with, with, with my people. Like you just completely mm -hmm. nothing that's going to look like a betrayal to some people. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're doing things that, you know, you can, you can put out that, you know, you remain satisfied with your life, but yet at the same time, you don't want to miss those big cultural conversations like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that, I think even, Again, going back to that, I mentioned the grace thing. It was really for people yep. who were asking the questions like, I don't know how I'm supposed – like this is kind of the first time I've even having some self-realization, and I don't yep. know what questions to ask or I'm trying – you know, and there wasn't a – uh, an outpour of, of people like, how dare you? You should absolutely know. You should, you know, and you, right. you did it a great way of, of educating the people to where even my stuff I learned through that. And I'm like, wow, I didn't, I had never thought about it that way. And that helped me kind of have even more empathy yeah. in that situation and only wanted to make me learn more in that, in that moment too. So. Yeah. I mean, I think also, I mean, kind of obviously not taking that from the racial aspect, but like taking it down to just like silence on, on issues in general. Yeah. Um, I think we see a lot when we're working with clients and social media and they'll get a bad review and they don't want to address it. Cause they're like, well, it would look bad. And I'm like, it looks way worse when you don't yeah. say anything. <laughs> or you disable right. all the reviews or comments or anything like that. Like, Oh, 
So right, right. yeah, I think always finding and um, finding your voice and being able to communicate well is always really important. So we really appreciate what you've been doing and in that group yeah. for sure. Um, so thinking about um, creatives in general, we talked a little bit that they can be, um, well, creatives are just an interesting breed as well. <laughs> um, but yes. um, I kind of work as a project manager over a lot of creatives. So it's say, always- You have a book that you've, what I, is it? Herding Tigers. Herding Tigers. She's like, how to how to manage creatives. I was <laughs> like, that's a great book for you. Actually. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, they can also be a just, it's an, an interesting group that I think during, especially like COVID times, um, we see a lot of creatives that are, I mean, they're going above and beyond right now to find creative ways. Um, so how have you found- um, a way to easily encourage uh, creatives without, I don't know, being cheesy and like, you got this without, you know, actually being authentic about it. You know, sometimes the best words you can hear are you got this, mm -hmm. like, honestly, and that's just the truth. Uh, whenever things are happening with COVID, like we made some cheesy posts, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like stuff that you probably already know, but man, you needed that reminder today. You needed somebody saying it outside of, you know, you telling yourself, I got this. You needed pe other people to tell you that you have this. Um, yeah, just, you know, in this, again, part of our mission with Creative Church, you know, whenever we're developing people spiritually, you have to remember that to be developed spiritually, you have to be encouraged, right? So we want to encourage people. So encouragement is always a big part of what we do. Um, because I'm an Enneagram 8, I get honest with people real quick. And um, if I don't encourage people, they'll just feel like they're being punched all the time with truth bombs. And I don't want to just punch them all the time with truth bombs. I want to remind them that the situations that they're in, they can handle and they can take mm -hmm. and they can, they, they do have this. Um, but especially with, you know, what, what happened with COVID and the changes that had to be made in a lot of churches very quickly, um, they needed that reminder that whenever they hooked, hopped on social media, they got into their group that, we were there to be there for them. Like we changed everything that we are doing. Uh, we erased months of content that we had planned only to gear it towards helping them do what they're dealing with right now. And uh, that comes down to a lot of empathy and a lot of listening. Um, you know, we, we have two ears, one mouth. That's, that means we had to listen as twice as much as we talk. And um, as a, you know, as a group admin, as a community leader, wherever you fall on the social media management scale, um, you are going to want to be listening to the problems that your audience is facing and coming up with solutions for them. Uh, that's the most important thing you can ever do um, because it becomes, it becomes really easy to encourage people when you know what they're going through. Um, it becomes really easy to drop a word that, you know, might sound cheesy, but <laughs> can affect their life in a big way yeah. just because you had the audacity to just shut your mouth and listen for a little while and see what they were actually going through. It's not something you're going to find in a customer survey either. You got to actually actively people watch your community to actually understand what it is they're actually dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. That's a, uh, I, I think, even in general, you've done it in a way of encouraging people of just grabbing their attention. We always talk about stopping the scroll, right? Um, and you've yep. done it in a way that it's a graphic, but yet it's done well to where it grabs your attention and you're like, oh yeah, like, hey, you know, you are loved. You you do matter. And that's, that's such yep. a, 
even as, as I mean, I'm, we, we're pretty open about mental health, you know, around here and just yep. and taking care of yourself. And so there's that, that one statement of you matter to me, that mm-hmm. resonates to me probably way more than even with my wife. Like she, she sees that yeah. and she's like, yeah, I do matter. But like with me, it's a deeper thing. And so you've done yeah that encouragement in a lot of ways that, that really help you like just scrolling through like, Oh, Hey, appreciate that today. Nick. And, you know, I needed that. That's awesome. Well, and even, even talk about that. I mean, we, you know, uh, especially during the, you know, the pandemic and stuff that, that uh, right at the beginning, it was discouraging for a lot of people because people were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen, not just about the virus, but you know, the whole world is changing. Right. And so, uh, you did a thing kind of right out of the gate, uh, which was couch fest. Right. And, yep. uh, talk to us about that because that was really when, uh, from a marketing standpoint, I know you did not intend this, but from a marketing standpoint, seeing you go every single day or I, I'm trying to think of how yep. many times a week that you did it, but it was like, it was always showing up like, Hey, we're going to have this guest. We're going to have this guest. We're have, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I need to pay attention to what's going on because you were actually doing a lot. You know what I mean? And so that yeah. did help kind of bring the awareness of the group up because you're doing something different, which we like yeah. around here, but sure. talk to us about that. What, what was your kind of mindset going into that? So couch fest happened in 24 hours. Um, <laughs> literally from inception to design to roll out it happened in 24 hours. Uh, that's amazing. Cause we, <laughs> we were without, we had the guests lined up because I did tell everyone that we're going to do some live talks to kind of help people navigate this stuff. But then it was like, no, we can't just do live talks. Like we got to make it, this has to be something. And, uh, so I, I came up with this idea of, you know, sitting on your couch and it's, it's a couch fest. And so, <laughs> literally sent the, I did the initial design, but I sent it to someone else who was going to design my t-shirts and things. And they came up with a way better design. This is what I was saying. I'm not really a good designer. I'm a good, I'm a good logo maker. Yeah. Um, I can do logos <laughs> really well. But like when it comes to like, Oh, I need something like really creative to go on a t-shirt. Don't call me. Um, <laughs> Cause I can't help you there. Uh, and so I sent it to him. He, he got that to me like midway through couch fest and we had it. So we started using it as a logo and, um, it, it was, it was again, something that because I was listening to the audience, I knew what was coming down the pipe. Um, and that's the thing, like the longer you listen to people, uh, the more perceptive you become as a creative. And that's really what we want to get to. We want to become almost like fortune tellers, mm-hmm. uh, not because, you know, we can read the future, but because we just smell the blood in the water. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what was happening. I was like, I can smell it in the water. I, I know something is we're going to need something to really rally people at the beginning of all this. And that's where couch fest came from. And we knew already what the, what the needs were going to be. We knew people were going to need live streaming. We knew people were going to have to figure out ways to connect with their kids online. We knew that people were going to have to figure out um, how to connect with their guests, how to translate people who are watching for the first time into their community. So I just tapped the people who I thought or believed could speak on it. And they went and just blew me away. They impressed me because they they knew exactly what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, and it, it really, it really became a big, it became a big thing for our community. And I think we will do it again next year. Uh, hopefully, not because we have a pandemic, <laughs> but because we can actually, you know, and you know, give that to people. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's uh, I hear I hear a theme kind of keeping keeping going. Like you're a great listener in that, and we we talk about uh, especially in our you know different businesses and stuff about paying attention to what people are saying and being able to describe the problem right. better than they can describe it. Um, I know I don't know if you know Pat Flynn, but he's he's just one of those guys that's a big proponent of that. Like you should be listening constantly, listening because that helps you solve their problem even before they know they have that problem. And I, I think that what you what you talked about just bringing on those people and, and having that conversation like, hey, again, feeling like we're all in this together, which I mean, that was obviously the tagline, too, is like we're uh, all together yeah. alone. And so it is one of those things that like it definitely made you feel like that, like, oh, OK, I'm seeing other people are having issues with church stuff. And hey, how do you do the stream and what are we doing? Like all of these things. And then I was able to chime in on some of that stuff because we've been streaming for the past year and a half or so. We got on early yeah. when a lot of people weren't just to try it out and see what we could figure out. And so I was able to help people. And then other people who were more advanced were able to help me. Um, and you just, what all, it's almost like you just put the right people in the room and you just kind of like, okay, all you guys help each other, you know, but you're like, Hey, I know this is a problem and all of you can help each other with this. So I'm just going to yep. start this thread. And then you guys just all help each other in there. You right. know, it's just, right. you're, you're facilitating those conversations. This, and that's, yeah. that's one of the key areas. I think it's awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's totally, I, we run into a lot of people, um, obviously there are clients that I want to start a podcast, you know, I want my social media channels to be huge and everything and they want all the followers, but they don't really like people. And that can always yeah. be a problem because I'm like, <laughs> well, you got to have to listen to them to actually grow that unless you're going to do it a real slimy way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it is really cool to see authentically people enjoying each other, pe other people, yeah. um, and actually truly yeah. listening, which is, is really important for sure. Um, so speaking, you don't have a fun time on social media if you don't like people. I'm just yeah. gonna throw that one out there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's really well, hard for it, you. It's always fun when they talk about. It, they're like, "Well, I really want to grow my pod podcast or whatever." Mm -hmm. and we're like, "Well, who are you talking to? How are you promote? Are you you know going through and mm -hmm. having conversations with people? Like, literally, you can pull up a hashtag of what your podcast is about, yeah. and then just start answering questions or interacting. Well, I don't really have time for that. Like, well, okay, all right, well, <laughs> good luck. It doesn't interest me. Well, yeah. all right, have fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, speaking of people, um, one of the things I think that intimidate a lot of people when they think about starting a Facebook group or maintaining a Facebook group is that yeah. people are human and they do stupid things mm. and say whatever comes to mind. And so, you know, um, with having a larger group, how do you keep your group healthy and how do you handle people just being people? <laughs> so, yeah, um, it comes down, you know, I, I consider myself to be that kind of cultivator of like the culture. And so like, what do I want to see in the culture and what do I not want to see? So I have some hard no's that I don't want to see. I do not want to see any disrespect. Um, I believe that respect is something that should just be given freely. Uh, trust on the other hand, that can be earned. Uh, but for me, if you're not respecting other people, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to find yourself in this group for very long. Um, and you also have to give trust to people that they're going to follow the rules or they're going to, you know, listen to what you're leading or how you're leading. Um, I know a lot of my, my, a lot of my counterparts have gone to post approval in their groups, which is a great, fine thing. Um, but as soon as you do that, you really need to take that we're a community out of your out of your mm -hmm. bio because you're not yeah. a community anymore. The second you go to post approvals, what you are is a resource blog and your Q and a, and that's all you are. Um, because 
we have to give people the freedom to post what they want to post and have a little bit of ownership in this group. Uh, even though sometimes it's things that I don't really particularly care that they're posting, um, discussions that they're having that I'm like, I wish we wouldn't be having that discussion right now. <laughs> I kind of have to live with that fact uh -huh. because this is how community happens. They post something that they may be excited about or they may have questions about and other people weigh in and this is how conversation starts and this is how community happens naturally. So I can't be the person, you know, deciding what gets talked about all the time. I have to kind of go with the flow of where the community leads and it's a big deal for me to, to keep trusting the creatives that are in the group to be the creatives in the group and take ownership in what they're in what they're posting and follow the rules that we've set in place or the guidelines. And, you know, even if you cross those guidelines, those rules, I, you know, I've been known to give grace at least once. Um, <laughs> uh, some flat nose, some flat nose, I will say some flat nose are just, if you get in there and you are just tearing people apart, Mm -hmm. We had a one guy, we had one guy early on, this is anecdotal, but we had a guy early on who, I mean, every time someone would post, he'd be right there to give the harshest, nastiest critique. And I grabbed him, I pulled him aside into a chat and I said, hey man, listen, you can't do that. That's like rule number one in the group is respect everybody and be kind. Well, they need to know and they need honesty. And uh, I'm like, no, 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 no. They do need honesty. You're absolutely right. But the way you're giving them honesty is not in a kind way and that's where you're losing them mm -hmm. and all you do is you're just looking argumentative he called me an authoritarian and uh he blocked me and left the group but i kick people out of that out of that group like that because i want to keep the culture yeah. the easiest way to keep the culture is to make an example of someone breaking the rules um, and show what happens whenever those rules are broken and uh you can't come along you can't be in this group if you can't be kind if you can't respect other people um and I don't, I don't let those people stick around for long because what they'll do is they'll start to erode the culture that I've been working to build or the one that I've been working to make. They'll start turning it into a message board for venting about your pastor, which we kind of talked about a little bit before. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, no, there's no venting about your pastor and leadership in my group. Um, we, we just don't tolerate anybody in there to fuss about your pastor or your leadership. Uh, because that's not really something that you need to go to a group of 10,000 creatives to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to your friends, you can go to your wife, you can go to your dog, but you can't go to our group and talk about it because whenever you start doing that, all you're trying to do is rally people to your side mm -hmm. so that you can say, well, I know better than him. And that's just going to continue a discord between you and your leadership that I don't support. Yeah. Um, if you can't respect your leadership in that way, I, you know, I don't, I don't want you talking about it in your group and you know, building a case against him as to why he's wrong whenever we don't know his side of the story and uh, we're not your mediators for that. So venting in the group is off limits and not being respectful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So just keep facilitating that culture to grow people to understand that this is what we want to see in the group and what we want to see in the community. Yeah. I love that. Well, and that helps. Uh, I mean, as just like with any, 
any job or any any place that you go to work, I mean, you have your one bad apple, and if yeah. if somebody doesn't deal with that or it doesn't really coach them out, um, a lot of times, yeah. like you'll lose good people. And I've seen that in other groups where people are just like, I'm just tired of this, you know. And so you don't hear about all the kind of the passives, the people that are in the middle who are watching these things go down. And uh, um, kudos to you for doing that because I mean that is that is really hard because again, especially in something where it is tied to, you know, Christianity and the church and, and all promoting that same thing. You would think that we're all yeah. in this together, but I mean, everybody has opinions and, and, uh, it's hard to some, you know, be self-aware sometimes. And so, uh, you do it's, earn that respect from other people by doing that. I'll say this. It's, it's, a you know, cause I helped plant churches. That was kind of what I grew up cutting my teeth doing. Um, my parents helped plant churches. I helped plant churches. Uh, and I watched pastors beat themselves up when they got a volunteer who was good at their skill level, right? And this might be off subject for the audience, but <laughs> I'll go this rabbit. I'll go this rabbit trail. They beat themselves up because they were good at the skill level. They showed up, they were on time, but man, they were a toxic person. They sucked. Yeah. They were just had a bad personality, right? And so they keep them around because they showed up. And I learned from watching them that if, on, if I'm only keeping a person around because they're doing something for, for me, that is not love. Mm -hmm. What the loving thing to do is to say, hey, you can't be a part of this volunteer team. You can't be part of this team. You can't be part of this community because your attitude sucks. So you need to go sit down and take some time away from what we're doing and learn to help fix your attitude. Then we can come back when you're a healthier person. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like keeping people around just because they add to my number count or, you know, they, they're influential in the group. If your attitude sucks, we, and we've had a conversation about it and I've given you grace to try and fix it. And we just keep coming back to the same thing. Then it's time for you to go ahead and move on to another group because it's just not going to work for you. Yeah. It's not going to work out for anybody. If you're just creating a hostile environment for me, first off, it's all about me really at the end of the day. <laughs> like you're a pain on my side. So, you know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, you know, you're creating a hostile environment for the rest of the group. Like people who are in this group, you are making it uncomfortable for them to be a part of this. And that shouldn't be the case. I mean, I'm, I'm all for being a little bit uncomfortable while we're growing, but be, to be uncomfortable because somebody's going to yell at me because I didn't do design right is not something I want in the group. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's very true. Yeah, and I, I'm just thinking about too, because like if somebody is leaving your group, you guys have done specifically a great job of promoting other groups as well. So I know yeah. like James, uh, a Visual Media Church, uh, mm -hmm. just we love their products and what they're. I mean, mm -hmm. just it's just a phenomenal service yep. and a company. And uh, but you do a great job of you guys cross promoting each other and stuff. So I'm thinking like if somebody actually left that left your group and jumped into his group, I'm like James wouldn't tolerate that stuff either. It's, it's so funny you guys are just really well connected uh, because it's like that that is what's needed and and this silo yeah. of like we're right and you're wrong uh just doesn't help anybody and so um i think you right. guys have actually promoted um like Streamyard as well was one of your uh posts i believe and so we've started using Streamyard. and so there's other products stream monkey or stream yard oh <laughs> I'm so sorry, Stream Yankee. I'm you know, so. Oh. Uh, you've messed up the sponsors thing. I, I gotta have. go talk to them. 
<laughs> I'm gonna Shut him down. Shut him down. He uh, didn't know what he was talking about. He did. <laughs> well, we'll Don't edit this part out. It's it's totally fine. Um, but no, I, just you guys have done a great job of that. And really, I mean, no. it is one of those things that you don't see that a lot. You don't see others say, "Hey, why don't we talk about your group?" And why don't you know? And again, not that yeah. this may be a better place for you, a better fit, but a lot of times it is that. And that's something that is, uh, has been a, a great resource too. But, uh, so just kind of wrapping up here, um, Nick, tell us really, you know, what is next for you? What's next for creative church? What's next for the group? What's next for all the things that you guys are doing? Yeah. So what's next for us? We, we've got a lot of stuff that got pushed aside because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a podcast that, that we used to have, we're bringing it back. Um, and it should be dropping sometime in July. And then we also have YouTube videos that we've been working on. And again, because of COVID, it just didn't seem appropriate to launch that stuff yet because it just, it was taking away from the conversation at the time. And uh, we didn't want to be about that. Uh, so we held on to it. So I, I think probably, you know, we're, it just depends on when we're going to start releasing that stuff. But the next big thing that we have is something called uh, creative church 24, um, or creative 24 or CRTV 24. <laughs> um, just remember anytime I say creative, I'm taking the vows out. Uh, so CRTV 24 is a conference that we're doing in October on October 23rd. And, uh, it'll be the first of its kind. It's a global 24 hour creative conference. Hmm. That's it's awesome. Live streamed and, uh, we're going to have guests from hopefully all around the world and we're going to be up for 24 hours and we'll have breakouts with, you know, zoom sessions and, uh, just times to talk as a community, walk through some things. And then we'll have some sessions led by at least 36 creatives because that's how many you need to fill a 24 hour time (laughs) slot. Um, so, uh, we're really, really excited about that and tickets. If we're on, if we're, the podcast is now, uh, whenever in August, uh, tickets should already be on sale. You just have to check out the creative church group or creativechurch.com to get those. Um, and I think they're going to be, again, we're recording this three months out, but, uh, so I think they're going to be about $29 or it's not, it's not much, but you, you stated um, it. So that's what they've got to be now. So you can't go up on the price. They're going to be at least $29. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And that's awesome. Well, and it's even different. I, so I'm thinking about this because I've seen other other live streaming events and different conferences, but you're right. doing it in a different right. way. We Again, we love doing marketing differently. Yes. And you're doing it in a different way in the sense of like it is a – it's a 24 hour thing. So it almost makes me, I'm like, Oh, cool. It's something I get to like, we're going to stay up for 24 hours and see how long we last. Yeah. And all, I mean, that's really, that's a great concept. I won't make it. <laughs> you don't like it. That's fine. Here's what you need to know. The ticket comes with a restream pass. Awesome. So even if you fall asleep, you still got the content. So you're not going to miss anything. Um, and we set it up for that. Uh, I liked it because I learned very quickly watching other people do live events uh, for digital. Uh, four days for a conference like you normally would do, man, people get bored with that. Mm-hmm. Even when we did Couch Fest, it was like 5,000 people the first day, 3,000 people the next day, 200 people the third day. Like people <laughs> just get bored. Like they're yeah. just like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. And I understand. Like I get bored whenever I see things multiple days online. So I thought, well, hey, 24 hours. I mean, it's, it's, it's done in one day. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you miss anything, you can just restream it. So, awesome. yeah, 
I love that. That's that's fantastic. That's so that's so awesome. Um, All right. So any any kind of last words, any encouragement that you want to? I mean, we've got we've got listeners who who obviously are in different areas of of marketing, but also within the church world as well. Um, Anything you want to say to them? Just keep. You know, we talked a little bit about finding your voice and how easy it was for me to find my voice. Keep striving for that. If you're not very good at it, or you want to put up a mask. Learn to have the self-realization in yourself and, and the honesty in yourself to be a person who is yourself all the time. Because social media has it's it's very easy to put up a mask and be the you know, person we think you should be, and all that does is lead to a lot of grief, uh, a lot of sadness because you start you start portraying a a a, a duplicate of yourself and. Um, then you suddenly have to work harder to keep up this mask and you start losing your true intent and your true purpose. I believe God has called each and every one of us with a unique purpose. And I believe in finding that and letting that guide your life um, and remaining true to it as you, as you're developing on social media and marketing and such. That's awesome. Love that. That's a good word. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nick. Well, and thank you so much for being on, on our podcast. Of course. And, um, I enjoyed it. So, uh, obviously, you guys can find uh, Nick, creativechurch.com. Uh, make sure you guys reach out to him if you have any questions. Where can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Nick Goodner, and that's N-I-K Goodner, G-O-D-N-E-R. Um, see, even I spell my name weird. Uh, and that's on all <laughs> all social media platforms. It's Nick Goodner. Um, and then Creative Church, you can find um, CRTV Church. Uh, if you search, the group's going to pop up. The Facebook page is going to pop up on Facebook. And then, of course, on Instagram, it's going to pop up. If you if you look for us on Twitter, you'll be disappointed. So don't, don't follow us. <laughs> yeah, we're the same way. We don't, it's, it's we don't okay. post anything on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Twitter's a hotbed. Of a, of, it's a hot mess. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a good place to go to for like trending events that are happening right now. If I need need some information, they're great. But other than that, yes. we've yeah we've traded away. But anyway, hey. Uh, also, if you guys uh, have missed anything um, during this episode, if you didn't take the notes or whatever, we have them all for you over at goroguex.com. Everything's there. Everything Nick talked about and that we talked about will be there. Uh, so make sure you check that out, as well as the uh, video and stuff of his awesome background and everything um, that we've we've got going on as well is going to be there. So. So make sure uh, you check that out and we will uh, see you guys next time. Thanks. Nick, are you ready for rapid fire, my friend? I'm ready. Lauren, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> what was your first job? First job, I worked as a uh, condo cleaner in Destin, Florida with my grandparents at the age of 10. Whoa. Whoa. There's so yeah. many questions I have about that. <laughs> That's interesting. Condo cleaner. We, I, then, I, I then went, I started selling candy at school at age 11.
and uh, teacher shut me down. I was going to say, did and you get I shut only, down? Yeah. I didn't get shut down. And then uh, then I went on to mow lawns for a summer, for two summers in 13 and 14. That um, entrepreneurial so, spirit, man. You know, I'm, I'm a formerly yeah. licensed teacher, and so you don't know how many kids we had to shut down for that. Like, Damn, let them sell. Selling I mean, out of their locker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I blame that experience as to why I hate school, the school system. Oh, so no. Because <laughs> it, it eroded, it took away a natural uh, spirit in me oh. to sell. Mm-hmm. Wow. And like I was, I was making bank. <laughs> I was making close to a hundred dollars a week. And that as a, as 11 year old, holy crap. I That's mean, like, awesome. and I had the system, like I knew what people liked and, uh, you know, I don't know where I could have been today had teachers just let yeah. me keep doing that. Yeah. So. Candy connoisseur. Who knows? I, under, your I own understand. Chocolate. I understand why, but <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a good, it was, it's not a good why. I love <laughs> it. I love it. All right. Lauren, what about you? First job. I was a barista at 12. Oh yeah. Cause your parents owned a coffee yep. shop. Yep. Yeah. So I was pulling oh. shots at 12. Goodness. The <laughs> wow. first the first one I thought about was that I when I was sixteen or I guess fifteen, I worked at Sonic. As oh, like a there you go. Did you cook. roller skate? I didn't know. Actually I did at one point. They were paying me cook salary and I was car hopping. I was like, this is the best of both worlds. Like I get the money and also get the tip and get to go outside. Which is nice. It's but always the most controversial do you tip at Sonic? Well, I people used to, now you can't. I mean it's so hard to tip now. What? what do you mean? Like just throw it at him? I, well, I mean, I want to. I like the moves of, of not tipping anyone. I think that every employee should be paid a proper wage, and I should not have to do the math at the end of my meal. <laughs> um, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is very almost oh, we'll okay. Oh man, we're coming full circle here because I was I did car hop. I could count change quickly, oh. so I actually Bye. got to where I could round up. And know what a tip is, and the, the, so <laughs> maybe Nick, you should go car hop. That would help you at the end of you know your I meal. You were gonna say you got really See, good at math, and I was like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't <laughs> help me. I have a standard tip that is it's over the twenty percent. Don't yeah. don't you know it's over the twenty. I just have a standard tip. I just leave that, and I'm just like, here you go. Nice. I know it's over the twenty percent. I just don't feel like doing the math. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I have to round yep. it out, and, and, and I'm sure they appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> just like just go. So you're not the guy that puts a dollar bill or you know hundred dollars on the table like every time you oh mess up. I'm not, take a away. I'm not Dave Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Dave Ramsey. Gosh, come on. <laughs> Let's make sure to not tag, tag David. This <laughs> like, who is this guy? What is he talking about? Gosh. All right. Anyway, okay. Next All question. Right. Knowing our audience. What is your yeah. biggest graphic design pet peeve? Oh. Um, wow. Oh, dang. Skip me. Come back to me. <laughs> hey, Brian. Could you tell me what my graphic design pet peeve is? So it's really funny that we've talked a lot about like grace and being really respectful. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, because I do a lot of our slides for church announcements and everything. And so the other day, I, I'm actually the women's director at our church as well. And I did a one and I knew I had broken several design rules. I was just trying to whip it out. And I knew Brian's going to tell me. And he comes, he rolls over on his office chair and he looks at it and he goes, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think I said I hate yes, it. Yes, you did. You were like, oh, I hate it. I'm so sorry, Lauren. It's okay. So you were sorry. right, though, in all the things I had broken. And I fixed oh. the things, I, the rules I broke, and it, it did look much better. So. I'm very simple. <laughs> Just 
very simple as, as like it's crazy because our designs a lot of times are not simple but that's what i prefer yeah. i'm like just keep it very simple yeah. just very simple anyway very honest. you always feel like you have to add to it what's, sure. what's yours lauren what's your design pet peeve this one's kind of specific i don't know if it's like graphic designers are all over so i am not a girly girl and so i just hate within graphic design that everything dealing with women the the fonts all have to curl Mm, and yeah. it's mm, yes. I hate our logo. I'll be honest. <laughs> Wait, our logo? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no. my one, women's ministry women's. logo because that got happened curl. before you. We'll do a rebrand at some point. That's fine. <laughs> it's just one of those things. I just everything about it just it it bugs me, and it's it's going to be flowers and butterflies and curly font. Oh well, yeah, and I hate yeah. it. All women love that. Well, that's because it, but, yeah, because you know all women just love flowers, butterflies, and curly fonts. <sighs> I told I I did tell my team the other day. I said we will never host a mug and muffin. We can have mugs, we can have muffins, but we <laughs> will not. We will not have a mug and muffin. <laughs> She's gonna put you that just, in the group you, today. By the way, we are isolated. You've you've isolated a hundred percent of the women audience. That's what you've done. <laughs> That's what you've just done. That's. You, I hope you're okay with that, Lauren. I mean, <laughs> men, men. The only way we know how to get women is mugs and muffins. That's, That's right. the only way. <laughs> Do you want a mug? Or would you I like actually one that I saw that muffin? was. Way worse was purses and prayers. Oh, <laughs> purses and prayers. What's wrong with that? I mean, Again, you guys will be bringing your purses and you're going to be praying there. I mean, it's oh. pretty self-explanatory. Anyway, the alliteration before- is what matters. Okay. <laughs> I, thought of my, I thought of my design pet peeve while you guys N- talked. Nick's cutting um, us off. <laughs> yeah, That's all right, awesome. all right, you know what? Are you, enough, enough. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so I hate seeing billboards with more than five words on them. Um, especially whenever oh, that's good. It's, if I can't read that thing in five seconds, you've failed. You've failed as a billboard artist. Yep. Um, not a not a billboard top one hundred, <laughs> but a billboard uh, graphic designer. Um, because I, there's, I'm just thinking of one in our town right now that I know has about a hundred words on it. Oh and my no goodness! Lie, they literally just threw this thing up, and it has really tiny font. And I'm like, you are going to cause someone to wreck. <laughs> Because yeah. of your of your idiocy. So <laughs> billboards, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of billboards have to be read in five seconds. If they can't be read in five seconds, they're not it's not going on a billboard. You would think that's common sense, but there are so many billboards out there that mm-hmm. are like that. Or just or like so phone, vague. You don't have you're like what, phone what are, numbers. Or for, yeah. <laughs> like who's gonna call like right oh hold on one second. Let me write that down real quick. Is it four oh seven? Well runs driving. into the back of a semi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> runs into the back of a semi. Yeah. Protect people. Okay, yeah. keep it five Protect words or less and make sure that you don't put a phone number. Just words of wisdom from Dick right. Goodner. I have actually designed a billboard. Whoa. I know. I had and a photo on a billboard. <laughs> like I broke all those rules. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the company I was designing it for, they want. They kept saying, we need more text on there. And I said, well, we can't and everything. And they were like, no, we really want all this stuff on there. And I was like, it's not going to fit. It's not going to look good. And so it was actually very validating because I sent it out to the, the billboard company and they were like, No. <laughs> you can't do that Absolutely because they're like they can't not. read that while driving and yep. so it was actually it was a good moment for me to come back as a designer and say okay Aww. actually the billboard company said you're gonna do it they just thought you were making it up though i think they so. want to blame you it's okay oh, hey nick this has been great man thanks again it has been all uh, right and i've really enjoyed it that's awesome we're out that was good lauren Thank oh, we're you. out oh we're out we're done we're done oh, that's it we're out Griffin, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.